my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hi, Divas. I am so thrilled to bring you this Masterclass interview with Katora Stakan. I really think you're going to love it. So let's do the formal bio section, and then we will jump in and hear the conversation. Katora Stakan's directing and choreographic work has been seen in countless opera houses across the United States and Canada, as well as in Chile, Japan, France, Hungary, and Australia. A champion of new American opera, she has directed and choreographed multiple works by Jake Hagee and Jean Shear, including directing the world premiere of their If I Were You at Merrill Opera and associate directing and choreographing for director Leonard Folia on the world premieres of Moby Dick and It's a Wonderful Life. Isn't that awesome? Ugh, I love this so much. <laughs> so she has also directed works by Robert Aldridge, Anthony Davis, Ricky Ian Gordon, Jennifer Higdon, and a ton of other amazing composers. Uh, recent productions include Don Giovanni with Minnesota Opera, The Mother of Us All with Chautauqua, Salome with Madison Opera, and so many more. Oh, there's this one that I really love, which is The Barber of Seville with San Diego Opera, which was conceived as a drive-in production during COVID. Isn't that neat? So I definitely encourage you to go check out her website where you can read all, all of the amazing productions that she's been involved in. I wanted to also point out that Katora's uh, joining Leonard Folia once more for the world premiere of Joby Talbot and Jean Shears, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly at Dallas Opera, which I've heard amazing things about, and directing La Traviata with Knoxville Opera. And before becoming a director, Katora was a classically trained dancer and performing in opera and concert dance around the country. And you'll actually hear a little bit more about that in the interview section. So let's get to it. Thanks for being here, Divas. Yay! Katora, thank you so much for coming on this. I am so thrilled to have you as a Masterclass guest on Studio Class. This is actually our first interview for this season, so you're really kicking us back off in a fun way. And I was wondering, to get started, would you introduce yourself to the listeners of Studio Class? Yeah, uh, my name is Katora Stickan. I am a stage director that works exclusively in opera uh, and choreographer. And uh, I came to this world through dance. So I was a professional dancer for many, many years. So I also do uh, movement coaching and, and, and stuff like that, do some body somatic work with, with singers. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I do. I've been doing it for over 20 years. I love uh, it. So uh, yeah. Well, and you were just telling me that you came off of a workout. So I know that that's part of it is what like so important that we keep our bodies. Oh like, my God, your body. Well, but this is your body, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, you know, it's all connected. So I think keeping our bodies in as much shape as our voices is is really important. Absolutely. Well, with that in mind, I love to ask guests, like the first question out the gate is always, what is an intention that you are keeping for yourself right now? This can be about it. So I, I, you, it, so you emailed the list of, of questions <laughs> and I've been thinking about this. And, and I have to say, I have this new one that's going to, well, I've been using it a lot, uh, this sort of mantra that I've made for myself. Yeah. Um, it kind of came out of the, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a crazy perfectionist. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's wreaked havoc on my nervous system over the years. I understand so, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
during the pandemic, I, I really, you know, I was just, we were just doing all of these sort of like by the seat of our pants things just to try and create, 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 and keep, keep our creativity juices flowing. And I just kind of came up with this. I I was getting really frustrated with sort of trying to deal with zoom and deal with making Mm -hmm. things when, and so my new mantra, and I've used it, I've, I've thrown it at so many of my, my perfectionist singers who get frustrated when they can't get something right away. I said, my mantra is let it be crappy. Mm. Just let it be crappy yes. because, because it, it's not going to be perfect right out of the gate and it's okay for it to not be perfect right out of the gate. And I have to tell my, as a director, I have to tell myself, like, we're going to make this scene and it's not going to be perfect. And you know what? We're going to run it right now mm-hmm. and just let it be crappy. Because yeah. it's going to be, it's fine. And we can all just sit back and be like, okay, we did it. Now we can start to work on the the minutia. Yeah. Um, and the more that I sort of tell myself that when I start like creating something, making a scene, working with singers, the more I've allowed myself to play, mm. because I think sometimes we forget that play is messy. Yeah. And yeah. we want everything to sort of be perfect, right? In like everything, all our ducks in a row right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And and the more that we we give ourselves permission to play and fall down, yeah. the cooler the stuff that we make and create becomes. So that's my new, that's my thing right now. My big intention is to just let it be awful for a while yeah. and, and be totally okay with that. And yeah. um, it's really, it's changed my outlook on the way that I, that I create things. I love that. It's kind of like uh, the writer Anne Lamott says shitty first drafts, you know, like yes. kind of like <laughs> it's, it has to be because if you don't be. allow yourself that, then you you're not going to find those things that that only mistakes can give you. You know, Katura, when you were saying let it be crappy, like when you're, you're trying stuff out, you're trying a scene out kind of for the first time. I'm wondering, even just personally, but also for the listeners, like, can you talk about making the space for each other more supportive so that we can do that kind of crappy, um, try something out first. We time. all have to allow each other to fall on our asses. Yeah. And it's just, and I think that, that there are, I, personally, it's a top-down thing, right? I mean, and I feel this having, I was an assistant director for many years before I became a, a, a director in my own right. Yeah. And I sat in so many of these rehearsals where the director was so intent on things being perfection the second that they were done that the, you could feel it in the singers and then the singers sort of start correcting each other because they get so nervous that that they're not doing it right or that they're if you don't do it right then I won't do it right and then we're not doing and I just feel like it's it's this culture that sort of it's it's a it's a virus that just moves through the moves through the rehearsal hall and and I think you know I I feel great responsibility to walk in a room and make a room that is happy enough and and easy enough that that if somebody wants to try something really in, intense and crazy that they don't feel like they're being judged by it, that they can really just go ahead and do it. And I think the more that, the more that I allow it, the more that, oh, and hopefully, boy, howdy, hopefully the conductor is on the same page yeah. as me. Because <laughs> that, that can be, if you have two different, because you have conductors, conductors need to let it be crappy too, I have to say. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That's, uh, uh, if you have both people at the head who are really like, let's just try things and let's see how they go. Yeah. Then you have singers that are willing to do it and willing to encourage and be excited for other singers who are out there also falling on their asses. And mm-hmm. and I think the more that we just let ourselves fall over each other, the the easier a rehearsal process becomes. And the more we just relax into it. And mm-hmm. creativity only comes from a relaxed brain. It's not mm-hmm. going to come 
from something that's tense and, and, and tight. Right. So yeah, it's, it's a top, it's definitely a top down thing. Yeah. I, you, you just got, I have so many questions for you. <laughs> like, I just got, so I'm so inspired by these, these ideas. And I'm, I'm wondering so much of what we do to kind of get ready to be together is very solo, is very isolated. We're working in the practice room to get there. I'm wondering if there's anything that you wish your, your, your collaborators would try out more during that solo time so that they come to the rehearsal, the ensemble time, ready to kind of make, make bigger choices or, or just put themselves in the moment a little bit more. Is there anything like that? Yeah, there are, there are two things that I always bring to that question. Mm -hmm. The the first one is, is, uh, read the whole score, read Mm -hmm. all the text, know all the text, know where, know where, even if you've exited the scene, know where that scene is going. Mm -hmm. Because if you know what's coming up, even if you're not part of it, if you know what's happened before you walked on stage, even if you're not part of it, then you are fully invested in the scene. And you know that if I make this choice, it's going to undermine what's about to happen. And you start to really understand how your choices are the butterfly effect for the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. and, And can one, one little thing can can suddenly make something much more potent or much weaker in terms of its uh, of the way that it that it happens on stage. So I think that's my first thing is just you know in your in your preparations, um, just even if you only have time to go through it once, sit down and read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to just go through a bullshit, bullshit, my line, bullshit, bullshit, my line. You know, that's a really simple <laughs> way to like go through with your highlighter and just highlight. That's me. That's me. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Read the whole thing. And and it will it will change the perspective of your own character, but it will also make you understand why other characters are treating your character certain ways and mm-hmm. why things are are happening. I um I can't tell you the amount of times that I've had singers who didn't understand what was happening in a scene because they didn't know what the first half of it was. They, they only knew what they were doing. So it sounds really basic, but, but it's, it's something that when we're, when we're crushed with, you know, when we have a lot of stuff that we're trying to learn all at once, it's really easy to let that slide and to just kind Mm -hmm. of concentrate on the stuff you're doing alone. Um, I would say it's going to be easier in rehearsals for you if you really have an overview of the whole piece. So that's my first one. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one is to not neglect your body. When you're, when you're body breath is a big one for me. Yeah. Um, we, singers are so breath is such a huge part of singing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, 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 it's what creates sound. It's, it's what creates power. It's, it's such a gigantic part of making sounds with your voice is, is yeah. the breath aspect of it. That also is how movement is made. Breath is made is part of movement too. Yeah. So um, if you want to really be a performer that people not only listen to, but watch that yeah. really can't take their eyes off of, breath in your movement is going to, is going to change that. So I would, I would encourage people as they're preparing to really get in touch with their, their bodies. It, and I don't mean like go do cardio workout. I'm not saying that it's, I'm not saying, you know, although working out is great, find your own workout. We all have different bodies and you find what works for you. But what I'm saying is just get in touch with your body, lie down on your bed and just breathe into. And when I say breathe into, I say, take, take a deep inhale and say, I'm going to breathe into my fingers. And then imagine as you're exhaling, that you're taking that breath down into your fingers and let your fingers activate and do this all the way. Just like check in all of your body parts. Yeah. Um, and do that periodically. Don't neglect your 
your eyes and your shoulders and your because this is where tension starts because the neglected part is where tension goes. Yeah. And you know, if you've ever had a coach or anybody, this is what I do with singers. If you've ever had anybody come up and be like, you have so much tension in your shoulders or you've got a hammer arm, you've got so much tension in your elbow. It's because you've neglected that part of your body. You're not sending breath into that part of your body. The more that we can check in with all of our, our kneecaps and our toes and our heels and, and, and our butt and our, 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 our clavicle and just every part of our body deserves the same amount of breath and intention that you're giving your voice. And, mm -hmm. and if you can add that into your daily work, mm -hmm. um, you will be a powerhouse on stage. It will mm -hmm. change the way that you approach movement and, and work, acting work in the, in the space. Yeah. I love that. Okay. What, before I ask this next question, I'm going to ask a kind of sassy question, which is, is there anything that you just want to like wring the necks of like people from opera performers when it comes to like being on stage, right? Like we kind of get a bad rap sometimes for being a little too like uh, stuck, right? We don't like go that far with something because we're like thinking about the music all the time. Is there anything like that for you that you're There's just like always things. There's always little bugaboos and pet peeves that yeah. I have. I mean, look, I work specifically in opera, so I obviously love opera singers. Otherwise, I would be a massive masochist that I'm not. I, 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 I love singers, and, and I love the, the, the work that they bring to the table. Um, I, I wish that that um, acting classes were more readily available to those of those working through uh, both undergrad and graduate degrees as singers, because I think we say vocal performance and, and, and so many programs that I've even ones that I've come in and, and directed for. I'm like, where's your acting classes? And there, there aren't any. So yeah. so well, I mean, one of the tiny things I would say is like, you know, in your training, seek out acting classes. If you're not getting them at the school that you're at, um, seek them out just as a just audit a class if you can um just getting in there and getting those basics is just really going to change the way that you approach character um one of my big pet peeves right now though one of them that that i've i've been looking at a lot is and i noticed i just worked at iu yeah and it was one of the things that i kept being like no 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 no, no. <laughs> um is is that it, it's it's i call it the, the soap opera thinking yeah. right that they're singing to somebody they're singing to somebody they're singing to somebody and then they have a thought so they go I think I gotta like turn dramatically to like <laughs> if you're singing to your partner, sing to your partner. Yeah, I I, I think we don't need we, it, it's it's such an opera thing to do. Yeah, it's such an old school opera thing to do. And I I think I don't know why. And so many times I've been like, so why did you turn away? And the answer is, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and and nine times out of ten, every once in a while, I'm like, no, that makes sense. You're trying to hide your emotions. You turned away. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time, I think we can stay with our scene partner or we can be more connected. Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy for us to think that we really need to move ourselves out of the situation in order to have a thought. And I don't think it necessarily needs to happen that often. And it's 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 something I only see in bad acting in opera. <laughs> only happens in bad and and so um it's it's just it's it's a tiny tiny pet peeve that i found myself having more and more over the last few productions that i've worked on um but no i uh, megan i i i think uh i think singers have a really hard job uh mm -hmm. i it, it i'm so in awe i'm so in awe of the fact that they're counting they're phonating they're acting 
they're walking. I mean, what else? Who who else does that? I you know. Like, so I, I have, dream, it's, right? <laughs> it really, it's, it's insane what what singers are asked to do, and it doesn't mean I'm not going to ask them to do it. Yeah, but I am. I do have a a, a a fair amount of respect for for the actions that that the opera singers have to do on stage. I love that. Well, and also that's what makes you such a an amazing collegial like personality to work with like you're just like yeah it's 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 incredible so (laughs) one of the things I feel like that transitions really well into a question that I love to ask which is what is a hard skill that you love to teach and so this can be you know from any direction but it's really like what when you're thinking like nuts and bolts of something for someone what do you love to teach um, I mean, I would go back into breath. Breath is a huge thing that I love to teach. But I, let's 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 move into. I think another big thing that I love to teach is focus. Mm. Is is um, it, I think that there's there's two ways that focus can can derail us as a performer. Right. One way is is if we get hyper focused and we sing the whole thing. Just, you know, and, and it like, uh, especially when you're not singing to somebody. And this is, I think, really, I'm talking about soliloquy swing is singing. I'm talking mm-hmm. about, about uh, solos, uh, arias that are not, in t- there's no intention that you're singing them necessarily to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking to another person, it's much, it's much easier, even with the, the opera turn away, it's much easier to find where your focus is supposed to be at any given moment. Or at least you can make yourself a map and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think we can either when we're singing a, a solo, oftentimes we get so hyper focused that our focus just is in one place and we just we kind of lose the thread. The audience is going to lose the thread because mm-hmm. they all they see is the intensity and they're not seeing any thought process behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other then on the opposite end of the spectrum is somebody who's all over the place who right. can't find a focus in 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 one space. And so I, I think one of the things that I love to teach is just finding even if even if you're just changing your focus, like finding focus for each of your thoughts you have a thought and then you have another thought and then you have another thought and and then another one and and just finding and that was really rapid fire we (laughs) wouldn't do it fast um but I but I love going through an aria with somebody and being like okay here we're thinking about this in this direction and then where's your next thought your next thought you're just going to change your focus and your focus that focus change changes the thought process for the audience too and they can see even if your brain is just fighting for the language fighting for fighting for the um the counting fighting for whatever that if that focus changes there we're going to see that the thought process is working and we can yeah. connect as an audience member on a much more deep level so yeah so focus is a focus is a huge thing and and then of course it's really easy for us to go into middle focus and really get ourselves so caught up in the counting and the singing and everything that we're doing that we lose focus entirely and then an audience member can't get inside your head at all that it's just there's no way in um because because you've kind of shut them out you've shut them out with your eyes right um so uh, yeah i eyes are i eyes are big and and i think it's it's important with young singers um and and new singers and singers that are just starting in their career to really understand the power of focus and the power of 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 shifting focus Mm -hmm. in terms of storytelling when we're in the middle of an aria yeah absolutely well and what you pointed out there too is you can that is just as much of the score study is what is my what is my character thinking here? Did I have a change of thought? It doesn't have to be the big dramatic like opera change. You know, like, you know the, the full like turn around. But... Just, my God, like just 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 going from here to here. 
is is a is a focus change and it changes and all of a sudden we see oh she's she's thinking something else like, yeah, yeah exactly well and for the people who are listening Katora just changed eyes from like upper right to like lower left slightly not even all the way down you know it's just oh right yeah sorry kind of like not everybody's looking <laughs> right? at me but like that idea <laughs> of like being able to I I really really want to just like take a second with what you said about letting the audience come with you on that thought journey it's where so like, important yeah. it's it, it, it audiences can get shut out of opera so easily so mm. easily it's so i mean we've already got most of the time although so many more operas being written in english these days yeah. but so much of the time in in this country we're shut out from a, there's a language barrier immediately and even yes we have supertitles and supertitles are an amazing invention but yeah. that still that pulls us out of the moment too because we've right. got to look up and see them right? right so the more that you as a performer can can use your focus and what you're doing and your intention your physical intention to help an audience member along with what's happening in the storytelling what's what's happening what's coming out of your mouth the 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 more that they're going to be sucked into the story and they're a not going to need the supertitles as much mm -hmm. and b going to care about what it is that you're doing on stage yes amen to that yes well katora this podcast also has kind of like a slight entrepreneurship bent because we like to talk about how to kind of build our creative careers a little bit more so one of the ways that we talk about that here is through micro actions and more about finding what are these manageable tasks that we can do that make us feel that sense of forward momentum. And so the the example that I always use for something like this is a micro action is not write the grant because that's like 17 parts, you know, like the, action. the micro action is like finish the budget, you know, like figure out like the that thing, right? Polish the narrative out of that. So I'm wondering for how you think about your professionally creative life if there's a micro action that you could talk about that helped helped you feel like you were moving forward in your career yeah you know it's going to sound so simple but i just i it's it's consistently saying hi I, it's it's consistently like it's it's if 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 I'm if I get a you know it's like sitting down when i have a break like okay i'm i'm on a month long break like who haven't, what, what general director do I want to work for that I haven't talked to in a while? I'm just going to shoot them an email and just be like, I was just thinking about you guys. And I, I was looking at your website and you had this amazing show coming up and, or sometimes it's just a toy, toy, toy. Sometimes if it's a, a, a GD that I've worked for, I just, I'm just like, I'm, I'm so excited for your production of whatever of, of Boam. I've been looking at the, the stuff about it and, and, and toy, toy, toy for tonight. I hope the, the weekend goes well, you know, just yeah. it's, it's constantly. And if I'm traveling through like it does, this doesn't always happen but if i'm driving to a gig and mm. i travel through a city that's got an opera company i always try to get a meeting just to I go like in that. and just sit down not to be like give me a job give me a job yeah, give me a job no. but just to sit down and be like hi how are you i just wanted to stop in i'm here right. um so i think that it's just been my sort of thing that i that i try to do throughout my life and has it gotten me jobs yeah has it has it done absolutely nothing? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, you can talk to a there are there are general directors out there that you can talk to a thousand times and they're never gonna hire you. And I don't know why that is, but that's life. That's the career. Right. That's right. what it is. But but I just feel like the more that some that my face has been in different people's 
minds, mm-hmm. the the more it's out in the universe, the more there is an opportunity that someone's going to be like, you know who we should hire. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And to me, it's like, it's not even like you say that there's the big, the big thing and the, the micro, the micro yeah. gesture. And I, I think for me, it's not about sitting down and being like, I'm going to write 60 general directors today. Right, right. It's more right. just like, you know, if I I just get on a whim and I'm like, I'm gonna write one today. I'm yeah. just gonna write somebody today. And and it's something that I do when I'm feeling, especially when I'm feeling down on my career. I feel oh. like that's when it's really important to be like, yes. I'm just gonna say hi to such and such at such and such company today. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, most of the time, I mean, as your career progresses, right, you end up making friends and, and making these are colleagues these general directors are people that you know and I'll tell you I used to be the youngest person in the room I'm now not um but but now people that I went to school with and people that I worked with in young artist programs are becoming artistic director and general directors right. Right. so I have so it's just it's the natural progression of what happens in people's careers and so I have it's for me it's it's even it's not even about job grubbing it is so much just about keeping a community alive of people yeah. that know me and that I know and being feeling like I'm part of the greater community of opera companies that are creating work. The more that I am part of that and the more that I'm able to talk about what's happening in the in in the in the community, the more I feel part of this career and the more uh, it it feels okay when I'm like, oh, I have two months off. Like it's okay because yeah. you know, I still feel connected to what's happening. Yes. Oh, it's a tiny thing. But I think that making sure that as creatives we find that interconnectedness, both you know, in in your however you like to think about your personal life, but also in your professional life. I think that having something like that, which is just like a here's a task that I can do. That's right. You know, it's just an act just an activity that I can do that helps reinforce that interconnectedness is it's huge. It's so good. Because we are all over the place. We It's so easy yeah. to sit in your own little, like, I mean, my world in your little, like, office or studio or wherever mm-hmm. you are and just be like, it's just me. I'm all by myself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, my career is awful and I'm never going to be. It's so easy to wallow in that and to yeah. get yourself, like, deep down in that pit. Yeah. And more that you talk to people who are also doing what you do. And so I think it's the same thing. Like, I do it with directors, too. I have director friends that every once in a while I'm like, let's talk about directing how are you you know and I just get out in touch with them and just say let's have a phone date and just chat about how much everything sucks right now you know I don't know whatever it is but it's important to just like keep that community alive and and so yeah it's this is this has been an important part of my career and keeping myself upbeat when there are moments when you just want to right well and it's so important what you said about even when you're down, maybe feeling a little down on your career, that's, that's when you do it a little bit more. And I think that that's, that's a great way of putting that. (laughs) Hey there, divas. Real quick thing before we get back to the rest of this episode. Do you love studio class? You can support it now by joining the Sybaritic Camerata on Patreon. It's just at patreon.com slash mezzoenen, M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. For $10 a month, you can join the listening circle where you get access to bonus episodes, you can make listener requests, and for $20 a month, you can become a Masterclass Scholar. Do you ever wish you could ask our Masterclass episode guests a question? 
here's your chance. As a Masterclass Scholar, you're invited to the recording of the Masterclass episodes, and you get to ask your questions during an exclusive Q&A after the taping. So come on over, check it out, patreon.com slash mezzoenen. And now we're back to the episode. I think that one of the things that I really liked about what you were saying was, especially when you're feeling a little down on your career, is when you're wanting to reach out too and just reinforce those bonds that you've made. And yes. I think that's exactly the time where we try to maybe hide a little bit more. And yeah. that just what you're saying helps to kind of you know, go the other direction, like put yourself out there, reach out, take, take that step, you know? Yeah, I think that's, it's such a, it's, it's so huge, uh, you know, to, uh, it's, it's when you're feeling down is when you should start reaching out, Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's really easy for you to say, like, I'm a nobody, like, nobody's going to want to talk to me. And that's, it's so easy to wallow in that. And I've done it. And you just, it's, that's the moment when you have to be like, no. And even if it's just like, I'm just going to talk to my three good singer friends who can talk me off this ledge. Yeah. Like, even if it's just that and not like trying to reach out to anybody that's, that's, going to give you jobs like that's important and 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 to have that community of people that know what you're going through and know what you do um is is important and and the second we stop talking to each other is is when is when our community breaks apart and and really that's our our creativity goes with it and Mm -hmm. it's just because it's so easy for that to just fall down the tubes yes absolutely Victoria I'm wondering if you could put yourself maybe um, just like a chapter back in your career and where, when you were kind of doing some of this work or you're reaching out to people, can you tell me about any inner work that you had to do to kind of be like, I can reach out to this person. It's okay for me to reach out to this person, right? That these are like the oh kind God, of inner work. Yes. Yeah, like, Cause I get that question a lot from people. They're like, well, I can't reach out to that person, you know, even even if maybe they already have a connection or something like that, you know, some of the conversations we're having are about, yeah, I mean, write to people that you've maybe bumped into professionally or something. Yep. Start there. Don't like, you know, you know I don't want you don't, to don't like just, you gotta, don't just blanket. Look, yeah. I, look, I will say I, when, when I first was trying to get AD jobs, I, I cold call, I blanket cold call yeah. every and Florida grand opera to their credit. They totally bit and I became an AD there. And that's how my, my, yeah. my, my <laughs> So it it does happen. If you've got the gumption to do the blanket thing, go for it. Like, you know, put yourself out there sometimes. But also, if you're feeling like a little stuck on trying to kind of reach out and say hello, like, oh, that I can't do that. That person, I that person's fancier than I am or something like that. They don't want to hear. Yeah, it's really easy to go that way, isn't it? And and I think for me, this is the way I felt when I was now this was this was more than 20 years ago. So, so things have changed in the technology world, what we were capable of doing in terms of reaching out. But, um, but I I just remember thinking to myself, like, if, if they have an email address online, if I can go to their website, and their email address is online, yeah, and they've got it out there in the world, Mm -hmm. which means that I have every right to use it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really easy for us to think on oh, that person's way too fancy for me. And I, I can't. But if you've had some sort of, you know, even if someone's like, do you know who you should talk to? You should talk to, you know, whoever. Yeah. Um, if you can, if their email address is, is readily available on their website, 
use it. And if the, and even more so, and somebody told me this once, because I remember somebody, I can't even remember who it was, but somebody gave me their email address at a, I was assisting on a, on a gig and they came to see the show and and they gave me their email address. Um, to, and said, you know, reach out if you, you know, just just reach out if you want to talk about career, etc. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to a friend of mine and being like, oh God, I don't know. It's like they're really they're a big deal. And it, it, they gave you their email address. Yes. Use it. Yes. Use it. Use it. Use it. If if they've given you means of communication to them, yeah. use it. Absolutely. So that's yeah. that's my that's my hands down. And and then, you know, also if if I ask people for like, do you have such and such as email address? Because I'd love to reach out to them. Yeah. If they're not comfortable giving it to you, they're not going to give it to you. Yeah, right. Exactly. If they're comfortable giving it to you, then use it. Yeah, I, I think it just I, I think it's really it's so easy for us to think that we are. Not at a level in our career where we can really talk to this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If somebody doesn't want to talk to you, they're not going to write you back. Right. Right. And, you know, and, and I'll make that caveat to that is that so many times I've talked to somebody who, who I, who, who I wrote and they never wrote me back and they never, they, they get so many emails that they didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. never also never think that just because someone didn't write you back, means you should never write them again or they right. weren't interested in you or they saw your email and they went ew and they they you know <laughs> because it's it, these it, people get so i mean are we're oh, just right? flooded with information from people but i think if if you have their email address in front of you if they've either given it to you or it's readily available or somebody has said sure you should reach out to them here's their email address use it yeah. that's and, and uh it's hard to it's hard to do but yeah. you know you're worth it I love it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Katura, I know that you have, let's see here. I think you have a Traviata, you have a Samson and Delilah coming up. Do, and a Norma. Yes. I just, I, I have a, I, Palm Beach Opera just uh, hired me for Norma, which just Amazing. came out. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Well, I want to hear about those and maybe you can weave it into, you know, if you want to talk about any dream repertoire that you haven't gotten to yet. I mean, you have such a, like a beautiful history that you're like, I've done all of this stuff, but I'm, I'm wondering, you know, is there anything that you are looking forward to that's not necessarily on your calendar yet? And then also what are some of the exciting things that are on your calendar, you know, Norma? Yeah. So my calendar right now is I've got a Traviata, you know, I'm the artistic advisor at Knoxville Opera. And so I'm directing Traviata for them. And it'll be the first thing I've directed for Knoxville Opera as part of the company. So I'm really excited about that. That's in February. Congratulations. That's so cool. Thanks. It's, you know, it's just cool to work at home. Like I never get to work at home and and go to work. It's what is that? Um, So that's cool. Uh, Opera Colorado is having me back for Samson and Delilah. I've done several things there for them. So it's like, old home it, it, yeah. it feels very it, and it's all singers that I know very well so I'm I'm really excited about that and then Palm Beach this will be the second time I've been at Palm Beach to Norma it's my second Norma so I finally think I understand it uh, <laughs> it, takes, it always takes one right yes, you gotta do it, it always does <laughs> and then be like now I can do it yeah uh, so so I'm excited to kind of jump back into Norma and kind of see where I am with that piece um, and, uh, nothing more that I can talk about at this time, but there mm-hmm. are exciting things coming up for me. Um, I, I do have a summer gig now, Yeah, amazing. Um, but, uh, but th- which will be announced, uh, in, in, in due time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, I, you know, I, I'll tell you and, and, um, last month 
I was looking at my calendar ahead and thinking, I'm uh, uh, once I hit June, once I hit June of 25, no, 24, once I hit June of 24, I'm never working again. <laughs> I had nothing on my schedule. I was like, that's it. That's the end of my career. That's it. I'm going to just go <laughs> to Starbucks. And just the black hole after that. <laughs> it is the black hole. I'm going to fall down in the pit. Um, and and that's the the way it works is you you always look ahead at those holes. You look at them and you think, oh, there it is. Never again. That's the yeah. end of the end of my career. I can see it right there. And it's it's never truly the case. Yeah. It's just it's never truly the case. So um uh yeah, I I think you know, just if you see those black holes ahead of you, you just gotta believe that that yeah. something's coming. Um in terms of dream rep. I don't know. Peter Grimes is on my list. Someday somebody will do a Peter Grimes that I get to direct. And that'll yes. be really um, it, actually Britain generally. I really I've never directed. I've assisted on Britain works, but I've never directed a Britain work. And I'd really love to 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 put to jump into some Britain works. Yeah. Um, and uh, what else is on my list? I don't know. You know, I, there's so many cool contemporary works that have happened in the last 10 to 15 years that I would just love the opportunity to, I, it's, it's one of the things I've been telling everybody. And so if anybody's listening that, you know, wants to give me a contemporary work, um, I, I, I want to work on contemporary work. I want to work on contemporary American opera. Um, and I got, I've gotten to do it as an associate director. Like I just did diving bell and the butterfly in Dallas as an associate director. I've done it as a choreographer. Like I did. It's a wonderful life. I I did. uh, I've, I've assisted on cold mountain on Moby Dick on. So I've, I've had the chance to, to be an assistant, to be adjacent to these pieces. Um, but the, the opportunity to actually direct them has, has eluded me. And, and I, um, like I got to, I've, I've directed as one, um, and I did get to direct Moby Dick in, in Dallas in 2016, but it wasn't my production. So, you know, so, so ultimately that's what I really want to do. I want to, I want, I want to start we have this incredible boom of new opera happening in the United States. Yeah. American opera is finding its own voice right now. And, and it's really exciting. And, and I, I just, I, I, uh, I'm, I want, I want to jump into it and kind of just feel what it feels like to do it. Yeah. Um, so that's in terms of older pieces. I mean, look, I'm in love with Massenet. I'll do anything Massenet ever writ, wrote. Yeah. Like I said, Britain is totally like, you know, I'm, I'm, to- I'm totally into Benjamin Britain. I love uh, his stuff is so weird and fabulous. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the contemporary stuff is really piquing my interest right now. I love that. I'm wondering, Victoria, do you feel like you have some kind of Victoria-isms on stage? If you, if like, I know that you <laughs> probably do your, like, you probably are aware of those things and you, you know, work to make sure that you don't stay too similar to anything, but do you feel like there are some things that can make their way into the brand? (laughs) Yeah, it's, I'm sure I have Keturahism. There's no way I don't. I, uh, uh, you know, uh, I've, well, it's you know I find myself repeating myself sometimes, but then it, it like works like like I I've do you know what a shivery is? This is like coming out of the blue, but so a shivery is like a um it's a it's an Irish Irish American tradition in the Appalachian. It's an Appalachian yeah. tradition, but it exists in a lot of different cultures. It's basically like a married couple will go to their home after after the wedding and then everybody will come and drag them out of their house and like bang pots and pans and like you know blindfold them and send them send them off and you know it's like it's it's a hazing for a married couple and and 
and I've done it now in two operas. I've I've yeah. done it in Don Giovanni, and I've done it in in Orfeo, and and so I'm I, I'm not saying that sh- doing a shivery in a we- instead of a wedding in a, in a, in an opera is is a couturism, but I'm finding that if I do it in one more opera, then it's become then it is then it's yeah. Become, <laughs> so um, so I do find myself in patterns where I where mm-hmm. I am like wow I just I've uh, this has happened twice this is really interesting like my brain is really there yeah um so i don't and i don't know what that says about me um but also i love that, that one of, is like it's like it's just in your subconscious like there's a reason right, you must be right like, it's yeah, yeah it's perfect and, and i you know i i like i put ghosts in opera i like putting spirits in opera that happens a lot yeah. too um but but ultimately like i want somebody else to tell me what my couturaisms are because i'm sure they exist and it's like in terms of movement yeah i'm sure there's some like little piece of ography that ends up in all sorts of operas that mm-hmm. anybody who's done more than two of my operas can be like oh uh-huh. <laughs> you knew that. yeah um but I can't tell you, I, I couldn't tell you what it is. So I, I actually, yeah, I have no idea. Um, I also, I'm I'm not a director that really, um, I like to direct on the bodies that I, I'm given. I like to direct with the spirits that I, that have, that show up in my space. Yeah. So, so I think that, that sometimes things look really different in each of my productions because I'm, I, I feel like I try to take a really collaborative approach with the singers that are in the room. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and so that doesn't mean that couturisms don't show up. I bet they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but in terms of like things where I'm like, oh, well, I always have such and such blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a really good question. And maybe somebody, maybe, maybe somebody that's worked with me a couple of times will have some answers. <laughs> They'll be like, no, you always do this. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Listeners, if you know, like, works, you got to like, we're going to run a little, a little social media message. Like, <laughs> like This is my favorite couturism. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. I would like to ask, this might be a little bit of a, like, specifically Megan question here, but okay. I'm so curious. I love collaborative environments. And I think that it's really important in a collaborative environment to also bring strong ideas to that so that you have yes. things to work with. I'm wondering if you have a framework, any references, resources, or whatever, so that we we all as artists want to be more collaborative together, but sometimes that can devolve into, I don't know, what do you want to do? Or it is, we're collaborative, but only if we're doing it my way, right? Like that kind of creative. Yeah, I mean, and, and and I think, look, I come from a, I come from a modern dance background. Modern dance is very collaborative in terms yeah. of the way that, yeah. that at least the, the, the choreographers I worked with were very collaborative in the way that, that, that pieces were put together. So, um, Ultimately, the way I work as a director is, and, and and the thing is, you're right. Strong ideas have to walk in the door. Yeah. If you if you don't walk in the door with the, your own idea of character, your own idea, and and I'm not talking about blocking, like whether you go right or left. I, most of the time, I don't care, or I have a really specific idea, and it's like, sorry, but you're gonna have to leave right because that's where the door is. You know, yeah. most, it's like it, it, I'm not talking about blocking. I'm talking about yeah. the way that we present characters and how we deal with each other on stage, yeah. um, how we tell the story. My job as a director is to keep us basically 
keep us from falling out of the bus or like going down a different path, right? Like mm-hmm. we all have to stay on the same road while I'm driving the bus and we're all on the bus and we're going down the same road. And if you okay. get out of the bus and run down that road, then I, it's, it's no longer a show that we can call a coherent thing. Yeah. So, so there is a certain amount of like, ultimately I'm the, the buck stops with me. Yeah. Um, but, but in terms of coming to the table with collaboration, it's really about understanding your character and understanding what your character would and wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and I love God. I, I I don't I don't think I I don't argue really. That's not true. I've gotten in arguments with the singer, but I but I I don't think most of the time it's an argument. But I love when when singers actually are like, I really don't think my character would do this. I don't. This is how I've been seeing it. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we're not going to end up doing what I had walked walked in the door with. Yeah. But it makes me turn around and think about oh, and there are so many times when I've been like, well, let's do that then. Let's try mm-hmm. that. Let's see what that feels like. Yeah. Um. The way that I work generally is I I block the entire show in my office in this space that you're seeing right now. I block my entire show. I do all the dances. I do all the movements. I do the duets. I do it all. It's blocked. So if nobody has any ideas, great. I have. (laughs) You're like I got you covered. (laughs) But to me, and I'm also not somebody that's gonna. I I don't start the the process by walking out and being like so what do you want to do because I always feel like I think you got to start I've got to start with a strong idea yeah if somebody goes I don't feel like my character you know or or what if I did this or would it be weird if I was you know hiding behind the door before I came out instead of you know or like what if I I love it I love when people and and we will we depending on time yeah a lot of opera companies now want to be like, can you do this in six days? Um, but, uh, uh, you know, yeah, no. Um, but uh, uh, but if there's time, let's try it a million different ways. Yeah. Let's see what works. Let's feel, yeah. let's try try your idea. Try his idea. Like yeah. try the stage manager's idea who who had, mm-hmm. was like, you know, I, I think the best idea in the room wins. Yeah. And it's it's not it's not always my idea. In fact, a lot of times it's not my idea. So I think the more that you walk in the door, don't block your scene. Don't mm-hmm. block out your scene and have the whole thing and be like, well, I really think that I should. But if you think you need a cane to to be your character, tell me that. Be yeah. demonstrative with it. If you if you feel like you really need to hear half the conversation that's happening, mm-hmm. I may totally disagree with you. And we can have a conversation about that. Yeah. But tell me, don't be. I, I think for me personally, as a director, I want to hear when somebody has really thought about my character is this and this and this, and they would never do this. And, you know, they only drink green tea. Like, that's great. Like, I, I love, I love people who really thought about who it is that they've walked in the door to be. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, the more ideas you have, but I think generally speaking, I come to the table adaptable. Mm-hmm. So you should also come to the table adaptable. Yeah. yeah. Everybody in that room should be able to, you got to be able to, it's it's one of something that, that a director told me very early in my career, told me you have to be able to kill your babies, kill your darlings, right? You've got to be able to, you've got all these things that you really love and, and sometimes something's not going to work or that singer just, it just doesn't work with that particular singer. And that's totally fine. Kill it. Move on. Yep. Um, So I think that if we all walk in the door in an adaptable space with our own thoughts about things, but ready to kind of try anything, yeah, we'll figure out exactly what we need to do. If you have no ideas, I mean, that's fine. It's, it's less fun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but but at the same time like don't don't worry i'll have your back i like yeah. I'll, I'll be okay but but if don't ever be scared i mean the, the what I, way i look at singers is don't ever be scared to speak up if you think something is you know worst that's going to happen is that the director is going to be like Mm-mm, nope we're not doing that yeah yeah like, okay right cool. <laughs> you're like you voiced it and it's not the thing and you can move on and like right. as long as you kind of right. keep that what you're saying that adaptable attitude means there's space for you to have that idea and also if yeah. it doesn't move forward that's okay everybody's and okay. not not every director is interested in in singer's thoughts and that that makes me a little sad but at the same time i'm i'm not every director and like we're all different we all approach the, the work differently um, but, uh, but I think it's never a bad idea to have your thoughts about a character, yeah. have your thoughts about what's happening, um, understand the story the way you want to understand it. And, and, uh, if it's not the way the director is understanding it, then have those conversations. Yeah, but, absolutely. I'm wondering, this is a little bit of a, a sojourn to a different s- section of this conversation, which is like that. I don't think that there are really that many opportunities for singers to feel like they can try thinking about directing you know especially in their in their path I'm wondering if you might talk to some of those people who are listening who are like you know I might I might want to look into that a little bit more and what you might suggest for them to kind of uh I don't know open themselves up to the idea of directing or you yeah, know I think there's a couple things that I mean ultimately See, this is this is the sad thing about the arts having having financial difficulties right now. Mm-hmm. I, it, there used to be a lot more companies that used assistant directors. Yeah, um, I think the easiest way to sort of get yourself get your feet wet as a as a, a director is to is to either observe directors, like ask if you can, you know, if you've got a month free and somebody's directing an opera down the street, like ask, can I observe? Your, if they yeah. say no they say no but they may say yes and and I had some observerships early in my career nice. that really helped me learn how I wanted to run a room mm-hmm. um, but I think you know the other thing is is if you can get your feet wet as a as an AD it's a different skill yeah. um, there's a lot of paperwork involved and you, you really it, there is and yeah. and you know you've got to be able to write down blocking and and stuff but uh, but but the more time you spend with directors um the the more that you're going to sort of learn if it really is something that you're interested in um also i mean you know if 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 you're interested in it tell tell people that you're interested in it and see what opportunities come up because i think that's isn't that the thing right that we can sit on it and be like i'm so interested in this but i don't know how to proceed the Mm -hmm. more that you voice it the more somebody will will pick it up and be like hey you were interested in directing like we're doing this weird thing and would you want to try directing these two scenes yeah yeah Yeah. exactly well and I love that that's kind of a through line through our conversation is is voice it put it out there you know let people know you don't have to there it doesn't have to have pressure behind it it's just I'm gonna tell people this is something that I want you know can I like can I just share that with you and I so I love that that's been something that you've you've brought up in these different facets throughout this conversation which is it's okay to just say that that's what you would like to try out or do or whatever it's been a huge part of my career I mean it's why my career is what it is because I just I open my big mouth (laughs) (laughs) well and you know sometimes I think especially people who are maybe gender minorities and Mm -hmm. things like that are are conditioned in a lot of ways to think that you know that's not available to them and I and we just have to kind of keep changing that we just have to tell people just encourage 
people in whatever way, just put yourself forward somehow today, reach out, talk to somebody, ask them for their opinion, you know, that kind of stuff. So That's right. I love that. I love that you've underscored that a lot in this, this conversation. Right. So yeah. Victoria, I, I'm, you know, that I think that curiosity is a superpower. I think I'm very, obviously I run a whole podcast where I get to ask people questions. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I have so many things I want to know about, but I'm wondering what you're curious about. Would you take a moment and let us know, you know, what's kind of filling up your curiosity vaults these days? Yeah. So I, I don't think it's these days. I think it's, it's kind of, it's kind of the same. And in the same vein of sort of, I'm really interested in contemporary opera and working on yeah. contemporary opera. You know, I had a podcast really briefly about libretti and librettists yeah. and, yeah. and uh, it was a pandemic project that then once I started working again, I was like, oh, you can't do both of these things. <laughs> and, um, but, but I did 60 of them. I talked to 60, wow. 60 librettists, which was really, thanks. It was, it was a huge project and it, and it made me really happy. And and I think I'm continually, you know, I come, I come at opera from dance. So I come from a movement space. And so what I find that I really get interested in is the text and the making of text and the chewing of text and the, yeah. the, the, the thought process behind text. And, and, and so I think librettists, generally speaking, still pique my interest. It's like, where, where do the stories come from? How do they write for music? How do they, so I, I, I'm so interested in, especially American librettists and, and like, you know, how they're, how they're cultivating themselves and, and, and what they're coming to the table with and the stories that we're telling. Um, so I think that, that uh, just the creation of contemporary opera right now and the, the libretti and story, storytelling that's happening is something that I continue to be massively curious about and, and find that I even have a Google alert for librettist. I <laughs> yeah. Every time a librettist gets interviewed, I'm like, yeah. Like, uh, I wanna know. <laughs> but, like, and I don't know if that means that I want to eventually write a libretto. I've certainly like dabbled in the idea of it maybe mm -hmm. but, but I think it's less that and more that I'm just interested in what the stories are that, that are coming to us and what are the stories that that we need to tell as a society right now oh, um, absolutely I, I I think that's the, right now that's where my curiosity is really sitting oh, I love that I'm wondering this is kind of a segue into the next thing that I like to ask but is the podcast still up and can you name drop that for anybody who would be interested? Yeah, the podcast in is still, it's, it's still on Buzzsprout. I'm still paying for Buzzsprout. I eventually wanted to take it. I, I mean, I thought I would get back to it and it hasn't happened yet. And I, so I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen, but, um, <laughs> but eventually I want to take the Buzzsprout, uh, files and I want to move them to YouTube so that yeah. there's there's a because I have a YouTube channel so yeah. um that I haven't opened in years so we'll see if it even exists still but uh it has my old dancing is so if you want to see my old choreography yes. you can go to yes. my YouTube channel that's my name. <laughs> um but uh uh but yeah it's words first it's called words first yeah um and uh and it's on it's 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 up anywhere that that you get your podcast you can search for it and it's it's on it's on all the platforms and buzzsprout is really good about sending them around everywhere right so um so if uh, if you just look up words first and my name katora katora stickan you'll 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 see it there's 60 63 episodes actually i think yes. um contemporary uh european and american librettists from from uh, all over the place so oh, um really was a fascinating project to, to do so check it out it's good yeah. and if you you're working on a contemporary piece chances are i've 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 talked to the librettos <laughs> yes <laughs> that's incredible so speaking of platforms katara where can people find you to kind of keep up with your adventures 
or, you know, where, where do you want them looking to kind of know yeah. where you're directing and all that kind of cool stuff? My website is katurastickan.com. That's K-E-T-U-R-A-H-S-T-I-C-K-A-N-N.com. Um, and it has my current calendar. It has my bio resume, all of that, um, and has a place for you to contact me. So please, uh, questions about anything. I'm, I'm always happy to talk to people who are making their way in this career. It's, it's, um, it. it's a lot of work, y'all. Yes. Well, Katura, thank you so much. This uh, You're so generous with, with your thoughts and your compassion for our field. And I just really appreciate that. I really appreciate that you just took time out of your day to talk to me and we get to like, just jump into all these topics that I find are just so interesting and, and we're, we're passionate about. And as you had mentioned, this kind of interconnectedness is like super important that we have yes. these kinds of conversations. And I hope that you know, as we do that, people feel like they can have those conversations or reach out and stay connected to each other. As we learned through the pandemic, obviously, that we just need that more and more. So just really, really want to thank you for, like I said, your, your generosity, your wisdom, your experience and sharing that with us. So thank you for coming on Studio Class. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hey, before you go, do you have a second? Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there, at Mezzoinen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends. Or even strangers, really. <laughs> so, with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.